Blog Talk Radio. Hi everybody, welcome to the Neil and Christina Discussion Hour. Uh, here we are. Here we are. We're a little late. Connectivity issues, but we're we're on and hoping to hear from some of you today. 914-338-0164 is the call in number. Please press one if you'd like to speak with us. Um, our listeners and our and our uh, callers may join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychic. And um, Facebook and Twitter are the sites where you may join us. And you may also follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. We hope that you do. You know, uh, this Friday... We will have completed 1,000 shows together. 1,000 over a period of about, what, 10 years? It will be 10 years. It's, yeah, 10 years. Wow, can't believe it. 10 years in, um, in August. So that's a lot of people we've read over the years. Well, and yeah. That means 1,000 shows, not 1,000 people. Yeah. Right. I mean, and it's the show's changed dramatically. I mean, uh, I, in some ways, in some ways not. But I mean, I didn't even do readings when the first show first started. Is that right? You didn't? No, you know that. When did you start doing readings? I don't know. I started doing readings, um, I don't know, maybe 20, 2016, 2017, but really more increasing in the last couple of years. Or you know, there's legitimate psychic content. Well, you know, I mean, I it, it can be intimidating if you're going to do a reading on the radio. Yeah, I mean, it's cold. You're really, you're reading cold. I mean, generally, I mean, of course, there are people that call repeatedly, so you know them. So those aren't exactly cold readings. But certainly, there are people that you encounter for the first time, and that's a cold reading. You know nothing about them, and there's not even a face to put with the name, you know. So it's more limited in so far that you you don't have them sitting in front of you. There's not things that you can pick up about their their physicality um, and their energy field in that way. So it's a little bit more challenging just to work with the voice. Yeah, I I think for the most part, I think all psychics go through a process of getting in touch with their skills if they should have those particular skills. I know. I had to get through I mean, I was fortunate enough to have basic psychic skills, so I didn't have, I didn't make a decision. I think I'll be a psychic. I, I, being a psychic was just part of the fabric of my life. I was a precocious child and I just did, was a psychic. I would say things, know things, and it happened that way. When I decided to, uh, but that was sort of a creative, random expression of my life. It wasn't, there wasn't anything academic about it, or I didn't present it as any kind of plan for one's life. I would just say psychic things. And, um, oh, you know, over the weekend, you were on a boat with four people. Oh, and I, I bet your father's name is David. You know, things like that. But you're not, at that age, and I was under 10, um, you know, you're not pretty quick to talk about how to deal with life 
Right. You don't have like that, that type of experience or, you know, uh, obviously it takes life experience for starters to be able to talk about things like that. But additionally, education is yeah. helpful and, um, you know, I've interpersonal had... relationships, learning about, you know, how to interact with people and observing behavior and things like that all yeah. contribute to be able to uh, analyze people and read them properly. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I've had... Uh... When people hear when I was a kid and I would be psychic, they would go, wow, how did you know that? Hey, tell me, am I going to win the lottery? Is, am I going to get that job? They would say those things, and I would answer them. I'd go, yeah, I, you're going to get it, or you're not going to get it, and I'd be accurate. So those kinds of things I, I could do. If you asked me a question, I could uh, answer the question, and for the most part, uh, be accurate, or I could say, I'd wake up and go, oh, Aunt Sally's going to call today, and then Aunt Sally would call. That kind of stuff. So there was a basic, the process of being a psychic can start off that way. I guess there are little children who say more significant things than I was saying. I wasn't, I mean, I sort of talk, think about the world, and the world situation was probably around 12. Gosh, then, you really were stunned. Yeah. Around 63, 64. And by the time I got, by the time 1966 came around, and I read uh, The War of the Worlds, something came over me then. I was reading The Time Machine, H.G. Wells. Something came over me then where I started to make deeper predictions. And something kind of went through me. It's almost like you, like when you go in an elevator and that feeling you have. Diarrhea. You, feeling, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, my elevator is more than a laboratory. No, just anyway. Ah, okay. Enough. So the feeling just gave me a, 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 a an incentive to start to think about higher and deeper things. And then um, I started reading daily the newspaper when I was about seven or eight. So when I would read the newspaper, I would start to see things. And then uh, in grammar school, people were morphing in front of me, the teachers especially, in, in the classroom. Where I was able to stare at somebody for a long time. And then I got to a point that was really weird. I remember when I was about seven, I was laying down on the grass with my friends. And I said to them, what, if, what is nothingness? I remember saying this to them. I said, what, how do you define nothingness as long as you're there? What if there was nobody there? Then is there, what is something if you don't comprehend it? And I start to drive myself crazy because I'd get to the point where I think there was only blackness. And that was the point that you were institutionalized. That was when I was institutionalized. And, um, but I really enjoyed the food at the hospital. <laughs> and, uh, and I became a chef for a while. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I would start to think about, about the idea that, that what nothingness is all about. But I think what that did was it started to feed into my psyche. And it took my psyche into a different place. And when I had deja vu, I just wouldn't experience it. I would, I would grasp it and, and examine it and start to think about things. And in the moment of deja vu, I would, I would try to gather as much information as I could that seemed to be coming in from some strange, intuitive, this has happened before. Uh, situation. So those things uh, were uh, part of the process. Then I got to the point where when you rub your eyes and you close your eyes and you rub your eyes and you stop rubbing them, I would, for me, I would, it always looked like I was in an airplane looking down at a city at night with the lights. And then I read when I was a little boy that that was the cosmic map of the universe in some uh, esoteric book on psychic energy, huge book, but I was reading that back then, and I thought, that, that, then that's a code, and when I would close my eyes, 
then after that, when I'd close my eyes, I'd see figures walking around beneath my eyelids. I would actually see people, shadows, silhouettes walking around. And then, of course, I got to other things manifested where spirits came to visit me at night. I'd wake up and there'd be a little boy staring at me, just staring at me in bed. And his head was all bashed in. He was wearing a baseball uniform. And I, I was frightened. And he seemed real. He didn't say anything, he just stared at me and smiled. And then I learned that uh, a couple of days before, a, a person in Little League got hit by a baseball bat and his skull cracked and he died. And I thought, my God, that must have been him. So I sought to have these energy fields. And then not to mention my grandfather, who became my mentor, my teacher, started to really get me involved with spirits to the point at which I said I was rather afraid of them. And finally he decided, okay, we're going to conquer that. He locked me in a, in a closet where spirits stayed in his apartment, his duplex. And I spent the night in a locked closet with spirits. I was scared to death. But they were there. I couldn't get out. And he woke me, when I woke up in the morning, he said, well, are you afraid of them anymore? Did they kill you? I went, no. He goes, did they scare you? I said, yes. But did they hurt you? No. He goes, well, now you know. You don't have to be afraid of them. So then uh, it, just things evolved from there. So when we get to the idea where someone such as yourself comes into a reading and you might have had some interest in crystals or rocks or tarot, or maybe you felt a little bit inclined to at times feel intuitive. Well, I think, a, I think, go, go, finish what you're saying, then I'll respond. Go, no, you were in the middle of thought. You know, that, that, that's a big leap from saying, I think I'll do a reading. I think I'll go into somebody else's energy and do a reading. Because when you're going into somebody else's energy, you're role-playing. It's almost like role-playing. And now you're not playing yourself. You're taking your brain and you're putting your brain in someone else's energy field to see with your psychic abilities what is going on in their life. And then from there, you scratch out visions of the future or situations. And when you get more advanced, you discover karma, why it's happening, what it's all about, until you just... You don't have to think about it. You do a reading, and in five minutes, you've completed the reading. Right. I, well, I mean, I will say that my, my experience went beyond just being interested in crystals. I mean, I definitely had early experiences where there were definitive psychic events that happened with dreams and premonitions and, you know, picking up on people's energy. However, that wasn't the lane I was in in terms of the direction of my life. So I didn't have the advantage, number one, of being... I would say acutely, acutely psychic like you were one. I wasn't acutely psychic, but I had definitely significant experiences or psychic events in my life that were outside the norm of, of, of average experience, for sure. So that, that did set the tone for my interest. I was interested doing stuff in, in school with, you know, doing psychic games with teachers and friends and things like that at a fairly young age but um and you wouldn't expect that to happen in school you know but it did like on our lunch hour etc but um uh, i think the other part of it for me because there was interest in doing readings you know being a subject um so i would seek out different psychics throughout the years then go through kind of famines where I wouldn't talk to any psychics and so on and so forth. Um, but it would, you know, it would weave in and out of my life, psychic energy, interest in, in like you said, crystals and all that, numerology, astrology. Um, uh, but what was I going to say? Oh, um, I think that, you know, I, <laughs> I was always the friend that people came to for advice and talk to, you know, because I was a good listener. So I think that also helped graduate me to the place I'm at now, of course, ever developing and evolving psychically, but being able to absorb someone's energy and, and, and give advice based on intuition and now more 
specific psychic validations that I'm getting, you know, because I was always the one listening to people always. Right. And this is what you need to do. This is what you don't. And I know you advised your friend similarly. Yeah. So well, not too many, they, maybe they do, but uh, from my history, not too many people talk about the third ear. They talk about the third eye. The third ear, and we say I would listen. I was a good listener. Now, that's in the in the physical realm. You're a good listener, and that involves you know intellectual evaluations and right. advice. When you're a Verbal good listener and in the psychic world, your 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 third ear extends beyond the dimensions, the, the senses. It, it actually picks up energy from an astral realm that could come from an entity or a spirit or a guide, or it could come from a some attitude of a vibration that then gets interpreted as, as a language. And I... Probably it was intuitive and serendipitous on my part, but I would, if I listened to a bee buzzing around you and your language, I, I would, I got to understand what the buzz would mean, different buzzes, different sounds. <clears throat> and if I conveyed a thought to the bee, land on my finger, I'm going to put my finger out, land on my finger, and I conveyed that visualizing that I was buzzing. I wouldn't buzz, but I would visualize the bee would light on my finger. And I was astonished that I had this, that, that I made this discovery. But then I would oftentimes wake up. I'd, once in a while, I'd take a nap or something, wake up. And when I, w- I woke up, I kept seeing these two small children that were like observing me while I was sleeping. And as soon as I opened my eyes, they, they giggled. They were like ghosts. They looked like humans. And they kind of like a cross between a ghost-looking human and a person with flesh and blood. They were wearing clothes. When I woke up, they giggled and disappeared. And I swore, I swore I, could, I saw them. So I started to uh, become somewhat amazed about that, being a kid. And then sometimes I would be like in the bathroom and I'd hear someone go, kneel. And I'd either look in the mirror or turn around and see a child and then the child disappeared. So I thought, there's, there's something out there that knows about me, that's m- making connections. Now, they didn't, at that point, they weren't giving me messages. They were just popping in and making a greeting and then disappearing. And I started to discover that, that I could, with a, a certain amount of breathing and energy, I could keep them there longer. Because when I... When I saw them, I would be startled, and they pop, they disappear. But what I did, and I guess I did this just innately, I started to think, well, I want to be real calm and just be real relaxed, not do anything with my vibration, and they wouldn't disappear. They would actually approach me. And then they would whisper words, not just my name. So I started to develop this language um, with the spirit world and then found out in time that they also deliver messages. Okay. That's terrific. <laughs> I just got a bit distracted because I see we have a caller in the queue. So my apologies for not paying 100% attention. Okay. Hi. Hi, Kay. Hello. Um, I just want to let you guys know I lost my job yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. Lost her Yeah. <sighs> with this with this crazy You're manager. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. 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 No. Oh boy. That's a yeah. bad Yeah. Okay, so last time we were talking about the potential of you getting new jobs, there was nothing um really that you right. had seen at that point. And we talked about the meeting that you had had, which you thought went better than expected. So I remember us saying that we thought it wasn't going to go well, but we tried to help promote a better Um, outcome. So what was the reason for the termination? 
That is a perfectly good question because um, the past month I have been doing all these things that have been laid out for me. And in hindsight now, I mean, even in the middle of it, I was kind of questioning why I was doing this, but I realized it was really a setup because I was writing out all these SOPs for the job description and the all the duties, just just a lot of things that should, it just didn't make sense. It seemed more of a waste of a time to spend that much energy doing things. But now, hindsight, it makes sense. Um, she was pregnant. So you think, so wait, that, wait, 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 I'm going to interrupt you. So you think you were, like, given busy work or something to distract you from yes. what really needs to be done? Yeah. Right. And all the work that I was doing pretty much sets her up so that, when she, if she should hire someone new, the duties are lined out. I mean, I was doing, I had to create SOPs and flow charts and just a lot of, um, a lot of things that didn't make sense. I mean, there was projects, I, there was this, like we had our, our manual, um, a guide that's already in place. And it was like a 44-page document that kind of detailed things. But I ended up having to, and I kept asking, am I rewriting this? It wasn't so much rewriting. It was just work that really had nothing to do with contracts, what, what I was a contract manager. But I was revamping the business description of what we do. So now she has all my work, <laughs> all the flow charts, all the SOPs, all the um, designs, and it was due Yesterday, I got everything completed on the 14th, and then I have a meeting with her in HR because I scheduled the meeting so I could touch bases to see the status of how things were going and just, you know, kind of keep up to date. She canceled my meeting, scheduled a meeting with HR, the three of us, and then I get my notice. Well, they have to give you some reason why you're being terminated. I mean, I would imagine that there would be something communicated. What did they say? They said that there was um, um, my the the request for performance had not was not um, was not satisfactory. But she signed off on everything that I've done, so it's kind of like contradictory. I really believe it was because I went to HR on her. Um, most people have just dealt with her and or just dealt with it and left. Nobody really has complained the way that I did. Uh, so now you have to, well, I mean, on the bright side, you're eligible for unemployment benefits because they terminated you. So they have to pay. That's correct. That's correct. So that, that's going to help you sustain yourself until you find something else. But the unfortunate part, obviously, is the fact that you lost this job, and that's on your resume now. Yeah. Yes. So you see, yeah. King, sometimes in life, we, we, we make a choice. We stay in abusive situations because yeah. despite how we feel, it is a safety factor. So whatever the reasons are, good or bad, we stay in abusive situations. Or we make a choice to leave and change our lives. This woman Correct. is apparently abusing you. But if you put, if you, for instance, put on a level from 1 to 10 how this woman abused you, what point would you give it and explain why you would give it that point? Um, I would definitely give it a 10 as the most have been extremely abusive. Um, and reason being it was, a reason I can give that number is because of the manner in which she spoke to me. It's actually, she does it to a lot of people, but I think because I was one of the people, and I noticed this with our team, I would speak up. If she said something, I was going to call once with someone who reports to her, one of my colleagues, and I had given that person some information, and it made sense to her. Uh, so when we got in the meeting, there was like a bigger meeting, and the person brought the com comment up, or I brought it up, and then the, um, the, my colleague 
did not speak up. And I was like, well, you know, I called her name. I said, isn't this information that you give me? She's like, oh, well, I think so. And anyway, it was kind of, she was very sheepish. Okay, so later on, I'm sorry, later on we um, had a one-on-one meeting, just the three of us, and that's when the, the colleagues acknowledged that the information I had given to her was correct. Our manager said, oh, well, okay, you should have just told me that when we were on the call earlier. And I thought to myself, you probably made it so uncomfortable for that person that she was truly afraid to even speak up to say that the information was right, but scared to speak up, you know, speak up in front of her. So she had that type of behavior where um, she was very intimidating, but she didn't intimidate me. So and I, I have know a question. That was a problem for her. Did she? Do you think that she has any bias? Um, does she know your sexual preference? Is there a yes. racial difference? Is is there anything um, in that regard that do you think contributed to this discordant relationship between the two of you? It's so interesting you say that because I I I, I can't say it's a racial thing because the other other African Americans on our team who she seemed to like get along with very well and then other people. Um sexual preference, I don't know. I do know that she is forty three years old, never married, no children, Jewish and has a sister who has done all the quote unquote supposedly right thing, you know, married, has children, married a doctor, that you know, those kind of things. So she's not done what that the traditional path the traditional path yes so i can't say that my sexual preference would be an issue but it might be in that i'm living my truth and she may not be able to live hers fully um if anything i think it has more to do with the fact that she just can't she did not intimidate me I mean, well, I would speak up, story. yeah, I would speak up, and that was a big hiccup for her, really big hiccup. Well, I mean, the thing is, obviously, there there are cases for wrongful termination, but do you want to go through that process of getting an attorney and, you know, fighting something that may not be successful, if not, not work in your favor? Um, right. I don't know. Well, you see, the question is, when you brought up or challenged her, were you within the confines of legitimate conversation? Because if you if you you have the right to speak, you have to. But are you are you African American? Yes. So, you know, if she has had an ad, let's let's go back to to the old days. If she has had an an attitude that black people. Should be suburban, subservient. You know, they're right. they're good right. black people. They obey. You know, like the old plantation days. Yeah. So if we go right. back right. there, and we, and you challenge her, which is getting her on her nerves, yeah. and then she thinks yeah. a black is going to challenge me. No way. I'm putting her in her right. place. I mean, she yeah. as a Jewish woman. I mean, you're in the South, and Jews obviously yeah. historically are also uh, also discriminated against. However, oh, yeah. Jews, yeah. Jews and blacks, historically, there's conflict. There, no, there actually exactly. not. No, there is. There well, is conflict. Jews and blacks, Jews, no. Jews and blacks. Uh, I know. They, I, they may be conflicts in where you're coming from, but Jews and blacks also identified with, with one, one another. another. I see identified that. Identified with one another, and there was a common... There was a common bond there. Maybe yeah. in the western states, but like in New York and things like that, on the east coast, right. there, there, well, there's problems. True. Yeah. But, you heard. know, yeah. what yeah. you can do, I mean, are you, you aware of that, Kay? I mean, we're kind I of. Definitely, I definitely, I definitely am aware of that because um, I, I, and that was one of the conversations I had with her earlier on because she had, oh. and I, someone else within our company, um, I, when I had to do the introduction meetings and she gave me a list of names and, you know, speaking to this assistant director, this director, you know, just doing the intro, 
I had someone, and I can't even remember him now, but it was like my first two weeks. This person actually told me it was a male. He said um, how she is difficult. It, no, he, I mean, he's speaking, and I didn't even, you know, I was asking this. I'm just like, hi, I'm Kay, you know, the new manager, da, da, da. And he was like, okay, so, and he was talking to me about being being um, easy on myself about how, you know, taking it easy, not being too difficult on myself when it comes to learning the material and acknowledging it. And he said, yes, because your manager is very difficult. And I was kind of like, hmm? Now, this is two weeks in, but I had already started picking up. But he's like, she's very difficult. He said, I remember when I first started, she and I got into a big heated argument. And I, I'm thinking to myself, why is this man telling me this? But now in hindsight, listen, she said, I remember asking questions and she's sniffing, being snippy and saying stuff like, we've already gone over this. How many times do we, I, do we have to have this conversation? And I, if you remember, I said that was the conversation I had had with her several times. And he said that he told her, we'll have this conversation as many times as I need to to make sure I understand all of this information. So she has, she, he being uh, a black male and having that same kind of conversation. But, yes, I am very familiar with that attitude. But I told her a lot of times, you know, it's, a, it's cultural, um, it's regional differences. In the South, I mean, we might say, you know, let me be clear on saying this. So, you know, you in that fast-paced New Yorker, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. Um, so we've had the conversation. I, again, I have done everything that has been asked of me, even though I questioned whether I spoke it up or I thought in my mind, why am I doing this? But I have completed the task. It really went to hell when I went to HR on her. As long as I dealt with it, that's when she, you know, kept kept going, putting this craziness on me. As soon as I went to HR on her, her whole attitude just became vindictive. Is she from the South? Nope. Born and raised New York. So she's from the East Coast. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. I mean, not to say that people yeah. from the East Coast, I mean, I'm not trying to make a generalization about about whites from the East Coast being prejudiced necessarily. But um, anyway, it's just interesting that that's where she's from. And we didn't know yeah. that. And I've seen the difference in how she behaves because her manager is a. Okay, we lost you. Can't Bravo. hear her anymore. She's cut out. Yeah, she. I'm we sorry. I, I've been on. Call. Oh, I'm sorry. I said her manager is a black female, and I have been on. Call. We have been on calls the three of us where I heard her just. I mean, pretty much grovel. She she still sound like a little weakling on that call, but then turn right around, get off that call, and be snippy with me. And I'm thinking, but you were just so submissive with your manager. Again, I think it was me being that person that just was not going to allow her to keep just speaking to me in any way. I, I just I wasn't going to do right. it. And that could have challenged her. I mean, that could have brought up feelings on multiple levels, you challenging her and maybe, you know, some latent racism or whatever uh, or jealousy right. that you're – you know, in the, you know, you've, you've accepted your identity and, and you're living your life as as the person you want to live it as, whereas she's more confused right. about her path. But um, right. well, see, there, there might have been some overwhelming factors for this person, but somewhere in that overwhelming factor, she, she might have had a clause that blacks don't, shouldn't be above whites. I'm just assuming. So she had to wait for the, uh, the opportunity to occur where she could strike out. Whereas right. in the other situations, she's not able she doesn't to. have the capability. The, it's yeah. not right, but it was there. And it doesn't. It seems like you're a very good worker. There was, you know, she set you up. So, um, yeah. you know, we get deeper into it. Obviously, we get into we can get into tribal rivalries. We can get into a personal rivalry that you had with her to be a past life. But, you know, it's um, 
it's strange. I remember being, I went to grammar, you know, I was very popular in grammar school. And uh, I bought this book called The Jackie Robinson Story. And it was mm-hmm. all about the, the black baseball player. And on the cover, the cover had that paper leaf over the cover. So you could, there were pictures yes. of Jackie Robinson. And you can still go online and see the book. I'm amazed. But there's pictures of him and there's pictures of him holding a baseball bat and sliding into home plate. I know which book you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I got beat up for bringing that book. My friends beat me up calling me, you know, the N-word, you know, you're an N-lover. And I I really, 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 really got beat up for it. I brought brought the book back to school. Now, I wasn't protected by the school which was strange. And they and their answer wow. was, well, maybe you shouldn't bring that book to school. That's very nice you're reading. Yeah. You know, you're upsetting people. Well, I bought the wow. school. Anyway. But when you, know, when you yeah. get into situations like that, um, and it, it gets, I mean, even as a white person, it, I don't compare myself from white to black, but I know that just in reading, I mean, so I, didn't, I didn't have a prejudice on my body, so... I, I, you know, I knew about black writers and entertainers, you know, my little kid, Scott Joplin and Cart Garden Parks. And I, I, yeah. and I loved the, the, the black culture. I loved it. Africa, I wanted to always right. go to Africa. So, you know, we get into those zones. Now, if my skin was black and I had brought the book to school, I might have had suffered a concussion. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, you can always go online and, and, and give your your speech about the company and what you feel you have a right to to do. Yes. We can, I mean, yes. she can also take action, but I don't know if it's worthwhile for you to try to fight this termination or sue. Um, right. Because and, and honestly, right. And honestly, I, I don't. I'm in a weird space, and I, I mentioned this to you guys last week. Um, I'm in a better emotional space. I, I thought I would be more broken up and devastated about not having a job than I am. I think right now I am just so relieved that I don't have to deal with this evil this yeah, okay. anymore. I yeah. mean, I, 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 now my uh, my new job is making sure I get, a, get, you know, get something new. But honestly, it's like... I woke up this morning with a piece that, God, I don't have to get on and deal with her energy again today. It's, it, it, it felt, I think that's what I'm working through. It's like, why am I okay with not worrying about this right this second? I don't have a job. <laughs> I need an income. Well, well, I mean, I am going to be We get back to our original discussion, Kay. You probably were also serving a karmic energy being there, and the karmic energy wow. is now terminated. So somewhere in your mind, your comfort level can be attached to something that deep down in your intuition, you know you're going to be okay and you move on to your next assignment in, on this planet. So how many years were you working there? Months. How many months? Uh, Ten months. So just under ten, under ten months, your master number is nine. So now the master number is applied to a month category. Nine months you work there, and the tenth month you're fired. Mm. Wow! So you completed wow. a full you completed a full nine months, but you were in the midst of your tenth month. Now you have a nine in your master number, and you have a nine in your day. Right. And so, you know, we're expecting, and I don't know, was it, did we say in the last reading that she could be fired or did we say she wouldn't be? Wait, there wasn't even a question of whether she was going to be fired or not. Guys, it wasn't a question. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. no, no. You're just continuing at the job without any further options for employment other places. So you had exhausted all Correct. interviews. Correct. And so we were hoping something else would come in so she could leave. Exactly. Exactly. It wasn't even a good discussion about firing or, you know, I don't think no. you suspected you were going to be fired from the job. No, 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 none of that. None of that. It's just, 
as I stated, whenever I went to HR and technically she had to go on record because the HR uh, business partner said something early on when I first contacted her. She made a point and it was like she was really upset and she said what was bothering her was if my manager had all the information or all the um, complaints or concerns that she was relaying to me or the behavior in which she displayed to me was such a problem with my work. Her concern was, why has this manager not communicated that to HR? Why has she not gone on record with that? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, so they're covering their behinds because they want to say, well, if all these problems the manager has with me or I'm supposed to be so difficult or whatever the issue is that the way she's treating me, then why has it not been enough to get to HR? So when she signed, I made the request, HR contacted her, well, kind of sort of, but maybe not directly. I don't trust them either, but it's just saying that, you know, they, they want to address, they want to address the issues that, um, that supposedly was going on. As soon as that happens, I noticed she stopped being as vocal, but it was becoming more manipulative. It right. was the way she would speak. It was like doing things, writing out, again, rewriting stuff that's in place, but making it, she's taking advantage of my foreknowledge and my capability of design and creating this. And as soon as I've got it done, it's like, oh, okay, well, it, it wasn't it wasn't up to par. Well, she signed off on it. How's it not up to par? Yeah. I mean, you did doing it, no offense. And going to, you go to Human Resources for Protection. That's why they're there. And the process should have been, well, let's arrange a meeting and we'll all talk and see if we can resolve this issue. But what happened was the legitimate phases of phases of going through this and you doing the right thing according to following through on a conflict or a problem, you were punished. And that, um, you know, it's just unfortunate. Because on a human level, it's disgusting. If there's something spiritually or karmically going on to where this is part of your journey and you need to move on, well, that's another question, but it does not excuse the rude and obnoxious behavior of this company. Well, and the thing is about human resources, though it's in place to help protect employees so many times, human resources, mm-hmm. is, is they're really protecting the company, yeah. not the people. So that's, that's I've always said that. That's so true. And I said that. I, I said, that, and, and I, I acknowledge, and that was what I took her comment to me when, when the human resources business partner said that. I heard what she was saying. She was her question was, if this is such an issue, why has this manager not brought this to us? Because their fear is, okay, now this employee has an opportunity to complain and go to, you know, file legal action, and we're not covered. That's how I understood it. So you're right. Well, I've always said it. HR. Yeah. Me, right now, my concern is, I need I need a new job career. I, I yeah I need that to come through now. Um, well, I don't say now, but you know what I mean. I need that. I, I can now put all my energy and focus on that. Into finding a job. Into finding a job. Yeah. And you're not having to go no. to work and then you know look for a job on the side. You can devote all your energy to right. it. You can collect unemployment. Right. So you've got some. Um, financial, uh, do they give you a severance package or anything like that? Do they do that one? They don't give you a severance package when you get terminated. Do they? Uh, they did not. They did not offer anything. Nope. Sometimes they do, I they think. They did not but, offer. Yeah. But so, yeah. so now you have, and do you get COBRA benefits? I mean, are you able to keep your health insurance? I mean, it's very expensive to do COBRA, yeah. I think. So, it is very expensive. It is very expensive, but there was an option for that. And what are you going to do in that regard? Um, I, I will have to try to get COBRA because, um, I do need to maintain, fortunately, I just went to the doctor and had my, you know, annual visit. So I have my medication that I have for the next three months and I'll, um, preferably it will not take me three months to find a job, but, um, I do need to, 
do that so I can at least maintain some level of health care. Well, you're, which is you're extremely 55, expensive. You're 55 years old. You're 19 years past your karma of 36. And, um, I mean, you have a coupling of numbers in your year, which equals 12, which is your month. Um, now, it would have seemed, it seemed to me that you getting a job by just numerical factoring would be within two months. Sometime between now and the end of two months, you'll have a position. Probably a much better position because you have suffered through karma, so usually there's not a duplication going on unless you have other karmic journeys you have to get through. But let's not consider that right now. Let's consider on focusing right. <laughs> the universe and getting a, a good, healthy, well-paying job where you're accepted into the fold of the individual consciousness as a collective whole, and that, you know, you call us with a lot better news. We're not making any predictions. We're, we're evaluating numerical energies and making some general conclusions about where your journey may take the next. Okay. All right. Well, keep I appreciate, you know. Yeah, I, keep, I appreciate any prayers and support and any energy that you send this way. Um, again, I, I, I feel like I, I should be, well, you know, my, my flesh side said I should be in a panic and stressed out and crying and devastated, but the spiritual side of me and, and just is not there. It's like, okay, that's past me now, and I don't have to worry about that. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you're in a, I mean, I, I think that is a better space to be in when approaching applying for other positions, because if you're in a space yeah. of devastation and stress, then that's not going to help you attract a new job whatsoever. So if you exactly. have a, a positive attitude, you're much more likely to get hired, but you've got to start looking, obviously, and you know, you know, find something in, you're interested in. In the trick of numerology, Kay, you've gone through, you, it's been 19 years since you were 36 years old. And mm-hmm. if, we take, if we take the two twos in yeah. months and day and put them together, we get a four there. But what's left over is a one, one and nine. a nine. Yeah, now that mm-hmm. one, so you, you actually went back in time to this job, which had karmic, past life karma. But nine is the eternal number, so it's hard to knock a nine down. And so in that regard, I would assume that you're going to skip. You're, you're resilient. Know, you're on your feet, and you'll, you'll make it, and you'll hold on. Do you know her birthday, by the way? I mean, it's not that it matters, really, because you're moving on. Uh, I do not. I do not know her birthday. Um, okay. Wow. No I, worries. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, just it would have been interesting to see what her birthday was compared to yours, and what exactly you know, yeah. the connection might be between the two of you. I mean, obviously there is one, but identifying it more specifically with the birthday would be interesting. But but looking forward, you know, put this behind you, apply for unemployment, start looking for other work, and keep that positive headspace, and definitely keep in touch with us. Definitely. Thank you so much. I know I've taken up a lot of time, but I do appreciate you. I really adore you so much. You you guys have been such great inspiration and um, such positivity for me, and and I'm just grateful. Well, we appreciate your comments so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Yep. It's you know, you, these individual stories that one represents a whole can sometimes represent a whole group consciousness. So, you know, in her case, she's just one African-American woman, but, you know, and not everything has to be applied to race. I mean, people just don't like people. Right. I mean, we've never been fired from any job, so we cannot relate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait, I got my list of. I can burn down a 
farm. <laughs> a whole farm at the place. At you know, some, some, but you see, her job is is there's a commanding force to be social. She has to, she can't just do something on her own. Well, no, the whole, I mean, she's in healthcare. So, I mean, she's, her whole basis for employment is social. Mm -hmm. I mean, social work. She manages cases for insurance companies. Yeah. So that's. So um, it's hard for her to um, just do it on her own. She can't do it. But the thing is, you know, it's interesting because on the last show I said, okay, would you, would you, if you could turn back time, would you have not left your job that you were stable in for this job that's 10 what, months ago? That's what Cher asked. What? Cher asked that question. Wait, what, did, what was the question? If you could turn back time. If you could turn back time. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you could find some way. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know. It, but, you know. Uh, she, yeah, and she's she in the health field. But it's in terms of collecting. We recently did a reading with someone who collects. Uh, bill collector. Bill collector for. Well, no, health. it was not with the, no, it was with the spouse of a bill collector. It wasn't the bill collector. Oh, the spouse? The spouse that? was the bill collector. Oh, yeah. But they were both in the medical field. I see. So she was in the medical field. Well, anyway. in the aspects of health. <laughs> Um, you know, hopefully Kay will have some good news and get back to us. I hope so. Um, yeah, it's been difficult for her the last 10 months, so. So, uh, um, we're just we're, about at the tail end of the show. We're wrapping up, yeah. And, uh, you know, when Friday is going to be our thousand shows, thousand shows, which maybe is a record of some kind somewhere out there. Somewhere out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're referencing all these songs. Yeah, Disney. Um, Linda Ronstadt, isn't it? Yeah, Somewhere out there. Right. And Peeba Bryson, I think. Yeah. Does, uh, well, anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so I think we're going to turn off the show today. Oh, no, James Ingram. My, my mistake. James Ingram. And uh, we're turning off the show for the day. I think there's going to be an adjustment in the schedule next week um, because of the 25th Friday. Um, so that will be forthcoming. The, the time, the schedule for the next week's uh, next week's shows. Is there anything else we want to say before we close up here? No, I think you know. We, hopefully, we gave Kay some nice feedback, and uh, we'll. Return on Friday with our show number 1,000. Okay. Everybody have a great couple days until, until Friday, and we will speak to you then. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.